0: Good morning and welcome to the Not Old Better Show on KSCW. I'm your host, Paul Vogelsang, and we have got another great show today for you on fitness and a kind of fitness regimen for the mind. Our guest today is author Kate Ekman. Kate Ekman is an international TV presenter, host, and model. She's a motivational speaker, and she is the author of Love Yourself, Love Your Life, and her new book, The Full Spirit Workout, which is all about sharing inspirational stories about self-confidence healthy aging, personal growth, beauty, and fitness. Just as strong physical fitness and strong muscles help you live more effectively, strong mental muscles can give you the power to navigate your internal world as well as the external world. Just as physical fitness involves a strong core, mental fitness will help you develop a strong inner core And just as consistent reps of exercise get the body fit, the reps and exercise in Kate Ekman's new book, The Full Spirit Workout, will help you shed any self-doubt that holds you back from achieving the fun, fulfilling life we desire and deserve as we get better, not older. Kate Ekman earned a BA from Penn State University on a swimming scholarship and went on to earn her master's degree in broadcast journalism from Northwestern University's Metal School of Journalism. Kate Ekman worked as a TV news anchor and reporter for nearly a decade. Kate Ekman is also a meditation teacher and course creator for Insight Timer, the world's number one ranked free meditation app. I think from our interview today, you'll find, as I did, that Kate Ekman is a dynamic, high energy and entertaining guest. Kate Ekman has the innate ability to not only capture our not old better show on KSCW audiences attention, but also your heart's. All this today on the Not Old Better Show on KSCW. But first, our healthy headlines. Today's healthy headlines segment. From the journal JAMA Psychiatry, the Journal of the American Medical Association and the University of Colorado and Harvard University, waking up just one hour earlier could reduce a person's risk of major depression by 23%. As people emerge post pandemic from working and attending school remotely and being just generally isolated, a trend has begun leading many to shift to a later sleep schedule, according to Dr. Celine Vetter, assistant professor of integrative physiology at the University of Colorado. Dr. Vetter's team of researchers found that even one hour earlier sleep timing is associated with significantly lower risk of depression. Here's Dr. Vetter.
1: We have known for some time that there is a relationship between sleep timing and mood. But a question we often hear from clinicians is, how much earlier do we need to shift people to see a benefit? We found that even one hour earlier sleep timing is associated with significantly lower risk of depression.
0: Previous studies have shown that night owls are as much as twice as likely to suffer from depression as early risers, regardless of how long they sleep. In 2018, Dr. Vetter published a large long-term study of 32,000 nurses showing that early risers were up to 27% less likely to develop depression over the course of four years. But that begged the question, what does it mean to be an early riser? Each one-hour earlier sleep midpoint, which is the halfway point between bedtime and wake time, corresponded with a 23% lower risk of major depressive disorder. So, if someone who normally goes to bed at 1am goes to bed at midnight instead and sleeps the same duration, they could cut their risk by 23%. If they go to bed at 11pm, they could cut their risk by 40%. What? Can explain this effect? Dr. Vetter's research suggests that getting greater light exposure during the day, which early risers tend to get, results in a cascade of hormonal impacts that can influence mood. Other studies note that having a biological clock or circadian rhythm that trends differently than most people's can, in itself, be depressing. According to Dr. Vetter. again,
1: we live in a society that is designed for morning people, and evening people often feel as if they are in a constant state of misalignment with that societal clock. But this study definitely shifts the weight of evidence towards supporting a causal effect of sleep timing on depression.
0: For all our listeners this morning, most of whom are early risers, is my bet, and who want to shift themselves to an earlier sleep schedule, Dr. Vetter offers this advice.
1: Keep your days bright and your nights dark, have your morning coffee on the porch, walk or ride your bike if you can, and dim those electronics in the evening.
0: Now, personally, I love sleep because it's like a time machine to breakfast. And now, please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show on KSCW, author Kate Ekman. Well, Kate Ekman... It, what a pleasure it is to speak with you. Welcome to the program.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Paul. It's my joy to be here.
0: Well, thank you. I I just am, I'm excited about talking to you. Just have such a wonderful way about you. You know, you're you're a business person. You're an author, you're an athlete, you're a, a Wilhelmina model, you, you were a news anchor, yet you're, you're so down to earth and honest. And I think that's refreshing. It's, I think it's important in this day and age when the internet, it almost forces us all to have this kind of perfect version of ourselves. So I wonder, I'll just start off with a, with a kind of a, a basic question. Have you always been this strong and confident and then not mm. ego driven?
2: What a question. I I think when you're in a world that is all about appearances and it's a forward facing career and you get picked apart constantly and people think it's so glamorous yet behind the scenes, you're always being told what's wrong with you or how you don't measure up. And I think a lot of us who aren't in forward facing careers experience that too. And that pressure and that stress and those expectations that not only others put on us, but that we place on ourselves. And I think just going through the heartache of facing so much rejection and, and seeing, I think very clearly who I didn't want to be and in the rat race of New York city and, and working as a professional model and TV host and, all of those things. I, I saw clearly who I didn't want to be. So I think that inspired me to go the other way. And I, I have to thank my roots and mom and dad. I'm I'm a Midwestern girl from Cincinnati and I was raised with a lot of morals and values. And first and foremost, to be a kind, generous loving person. And so I'm so happy that that was so ingrained in me. And I never lost that because that's who my parents are and who my whole family is. And they're a family of doctors. So we're in the the healing space. But yeah, it it is kind of, I think I have experienced a lot of judgment. Even I was in a live TV interview last week and the woman said, well, you know, you're this young, beautiful woman, you get whatever you want. And I think, wow, are we still doing that? And and just judging someone based on what they look like and presuming to know everything about them. And so that's when I invite and encourage people to ask others deeper, more meaningful questions about themselves and their lives and really find out who people are underneath all the titles and labels and appearances. And I think you'll like what you discover and find, because I think at our core, we're all the same. We just want to love and be loved. And I I feel like an alien on earth half the time because I just want to love everybody. And I am in that space and not everybody is there. So it can be quite lonely, but then people like you find me and I've, I've just met so many incredible people, through writing this book and 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 talking about it and I think that's a testament to when you are on the right track and when you are doing work that is so much bigger and meaningful than you you'll you'll attract and find the people that you can really love and relate mm-hmm. to.
0: Well the title of the book is The Full Spirit Workout. We're going to talk a lot about that today cuz it is wonderful and it it's just so upbeat and you've had a great deal of success with it. You've had a great deal of success throughout the rest of your life. You've had challenges. And like we all have, you were uh, let go. uh, When you were a news anchor, you were you were a a, a young person at that time. I was laid off at age 58. And that was hard stuff. And uh, I read in my research of you that that you were shocked at the time. I certainly was shocked at the time. What did you do next with your life?
2: Oh wow! Well, first of all, I want to say to anyone who has ever been fired for a job, the first thing you should say is thank you because yeah, clearly right. you don't belong there and <laughs> right. they don't deserve you, and let them go on their merry way and you can go on yours. But you know we're human, so it is the it, it is a hit to the ego. It's that uh, the fear of how am I going to pay my bills. It's the the. I don't even have the word for it, but the, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Or what did I do wrong? Or why don't people like me? I think an element of that comes up and then, you know, some anger or frustration. But I, if, if, if you choose to look at it, everything is a choice and you can reframe it into instead of why is this happening to me? It's why is this happening for me? Or actually this is happening for me. And what if this was the best thing that ever happened to me? Or what if this was a fresh start? What if this was... Pushing me out when I wasn't able to leave myself for whatever reason. And so I think sometimes when we're thrust into vulnerability and thrust into a whole new space, it stretches us in ways that allow us to decide who do we want to be? Who do we want to be in this moment? What are we going to do now? And and to really become the men and women who are capable of achieving our cherished goals and who are challenged in a way that we expand into better versions of ourselves. And that's when life gets really juicy, right? Because we get to ex- expand and grow. But, you know, I do look back, I, I think of that time and I think, oh my gosh, what a, <laughs> what a blessing. But in, in that moment, it is um, it is really fear inducing. But I think anything that happens to us that seems like a setback, if we can reframe it into an opportunity, which it is, it always is. But that said, of course, take a moment to grieve or to mourn and and to feel whatever you need to feel before moving into that new space, because otherwise those feelings will resurface with a vengeance. So I am an advocate for feeling what you need to feel, but moving through it rather quickly, knowing that what's best for you is on its way and reach out for support, but know that you're, you're being thrust into a better, more enlightened, self-actualized version of yourself. And that's an awesome thing.
0: Thank you for that. Well, speaking of grieving and mourning, May is, and we're talking early May here, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I know, again, in my research of you, that, that you lost uh, two very dear friends to suicide about a year apart, I, I believe. How did that change you? And, and what do you do now to inspire others to overcome some of these, these mental health issues that, that we all face, especially after a year of lockdown and isolation?
2: absolutely and thank you for saying that we all face mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. mental health issues and this is this is a mental health crisis actually this past year and no one is immune from struggling with mental and emotional health because we're humans and it's part of the human experience so i think the sooner we can embrace and own that the sooner and quicker that we we get onto a better way of living and when I lost those, those two men to suicide, of course, it was shocking and tragic. And anyone who's experienced that a death, a death of a loved one, but especially a suicide and and something so shocking and tragic, my heart goes out to you. There is support available to you, but it is, it is a whole new normal that you create for yourself. The pain never fully goes away. And I'm sure anyone who's listening, who has experienced this knows exactly what I'm talking about. So that is about making friends with grief and really, really getting curious about those feelings and emotions when they come up and and not being upset by them and not being not trying to push them away or suppress but really being in conversation with them and asking what they're here to teach you or what they want you to know and also there's a quote I'm paraphrasing but it said you know, grief is the price we pay for loving. And, and that way there's a part of me that's glad I'll never get over their deaths because it, it means I love them so much. And luckily I always feel their presence and them with me. But in that case, I, I not only had to deal with the, the grief of losing them, but also I had to really look at the way I was choosing to live my life. A woman who like everybody I, I, well, or most, I will say, was choosing to place all of my worth outside of myself and what I looked like, how much money I made, how many jobs I was booking. Am I impressing this person or that person, the degrees, the certifications, all of the accomplishments and achievements that we all feel that we have to do just to be worthy of anything or to be loved or to feel safe in the world. And I realized at that time, and it was so clear that day, it's been clear every day since that when we place our worth outside of ourselves, we can never have enough or be enough because you get the thing, you have the shiny object, you get the money, you get the relationship, and you're super happy for about 20 minutes. And then it's on to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. And so that frantic, sweaty hamster on its wheel, running and running and running, just goes forever. And it's not a sustainable way of living. So if I've learned anything this past year, especially it's that my well being is no longer this cute thing to post about on Instagram. It's not a luxury. I may get to someday. It's not a must be nice that you have time for that. No, it's my priority. And I put it front and center because I'm not willing to go to a dark place. I'm not willing to be angry. I'm not willing to have unhealthy relationships with myself or others. And so when people say, well, I don't have time to meditate or I don't have time to sit and stare, as I call it, my five-minute-a-day practice where I just reflect and, and sit in silence, I say, I, I, well, I don't have time to be miserable. So I think it's choosing who we want to be. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying – your time will be worth it by, by working on this and working out your mental and emotional and spiritual, your attitudinal muscles, the same way you know you have to work out your physical muscles to maintain optimal health. It's not about looking hot in a bikini. It's about feeling good in your body and, and having a quality of life that you're, that you're proud of and so that life is a, a joyful experience rather than something you wanna escape.
0: We are with Kate Ekman. Kate Ekman is the author of the new book, The Full Spirit Workout. Kate Ekman is just multi-talented. Here's what people are saying about Kate Ekman. Kate Ekman is one of those humans who makes you feel good about being human. I know that people are just going to feel good in listening to you today. I know they're going to feel great in reading your new book. So let's talk a little bit about that because in the book you talk about you talk about your, your athletic career. You, you were a competitive swimmer. You had to, you had to train very seriously in, in order to do that, yet you were body shamed, and you have this wonderful spiritual fitness regimen that's in the book. The book is getting great reviews. Again, the title is The Full Spirit Workout. We're going to put links up to where our audience can find out more information about it, but it discusses, the book does, it discusses ways to condition the inside with no sweating required. I love that line. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe give our audience some tips and advice about how to really develop their spiritual fitness regimen.
2: Well, I think, for, and for those who aren't, aren't familiar with what, what is the full spirit workout, it's, it's a play on the expression mm-hmm. full body workout that you often hear mm-hmm. advertised at the gym, but it's also about bringing your full spirit, your authentic truth and power, your presence your passion, your purpose to everyone you meet and to everything that you do. It's showing up like you mean it. And so this really is a whole way of being. And I just mentioned it briefly, but it it does start with that quiet time alone. And I know that that is is a little intimidating or uncomfortable for people who are used to being distracted full-time, who have a full career and family life. But I'm, I'm telling you, when you do spend that time, to become more practiced at listening, not to your head, not to your ego, but that divine inner wisdom, your intuition, whatever you want to call it, that's always available to you. It's like a downloadable file on your computer that you just have to click and download that advice and wisdom and guidance. But we aren't practiced at listening. We think the answer is on Instagram or on you know, on TV or let me call my friend and have them tell me what to do. But the best advice you will ever get is from yourself and your own inner wisdom. So I think the more we can get in tune with ourselves and and talk to yourself like you would a small child and, and check in and say, How are you doing? What's working? What isn't working? What do you need right now? And if you're feeling extra bold and courageous give yourself a genuine compliment, you know, great job. I know that conversation was really challenging and and scary, or I'm so proud of you. You, you did hard things today or congratulations on all your success. You're doing a great job. So, you know, we get so offended when other people fail to see or hear or acknowledge us. But I think if we're really honest with ourselves, we often fail to see hear, and acknowledge ourselves. So it, it, everything starts with us. People say, I just want to feel at peace. I said, well, then choose to to feel at peace. And a spiritual principle that I, I hold on to tightly says our good intentions are not enough. Our willingness is everything. So just be willing to show up and have fun. Be willing to give it your best. I mean, all these interviews I'm doing for my book, I just the days where I'm exhausted or feel like, I've got nothing else to say, or I'm, I'm because I'm so triggered and emotionally taxed talking about heavy subject matters. I just say, show up do your best, focus on connecting with the host and let the rest go. And I think that's great advice for whatever you're doing.
0: What guides you on a daily basis to be a person? What What really sets the tone for you?
2: I love that. And, and that actually comes from my speaking coach, Eduardo Placer, who always just says to me, just be a freaking person because I am someone who used to be obsessed with performance and perfectionism. And it's just about Just be a person and and your humanity is good enough and gorgeous and relatable and we love him or her. So just be a person. And so for me, it is, I ask myself two things every time I do live television. And now with anything I do in life, I ask myself, did you do your best? Did you have fun? And if I can answer yes to those two questions, then it was a success, regardless of the numbers or how much money I made or what you think, or if that person is impressed. So I think the more we can let ourselves off the hook, give ourselves more grace and space to just breathe and just be a person, life is going to flow a lot more naturally and feel a lot better because we're not in this obsessive mind game and 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 beating ourselves up. We're just like, I did my best. I had fun. And then when you are doing that, you're going to get better results and perform better because you're in a state of flow rather than resistance. Does that make sense?
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Makes good sense. Well, final question for you, Kate Ekman. Again, we sure appreciate your generous time today. I reference your, your confidence. And in the book, you talk about the five Ps of confidence. I think our audience would just love to hear about your five Ps of confidence.
2: Sure. So it's presence, patience, purpose, preparation, and practice. Because I love you and your audience, I'll give you two bonus P's, and that is pause and person, as in be a person. <laughs> awesome. And I'll spend a little time uh, on patience, and I, I don't think we have time to go through all of them. But when I think of patience, I think of... <laughs> 20 years ago, watching the Grammys, it's the only acceptance speech I ever remember in years and years of watching the Grammys. And country singer Shelby Lynn won Best New Artist. And when she accepted her Grammy, she said, Best New Artist, it's only taken me 13 years and six albums to get here. (laughs) And I will never forget that because she was gracious and said, thank you. Mm -hmm. But it was also kind of mocking Best New Artist. I've been doing this forever ever you just now realize <laughs> right. that I'm doing this and I think that's Something we all fall prey to because the word patience is is stems from the Latin word for suffering. So we're suffering while we're waiting for that thing that we want right now. I get it. That's, that's, that's what, that's what we want as humans. Where is my thing? I want it now. And and so when you can really trust the process and and trust yourself and know that this thing that you desire, it will come to you in the right time or maybe something different, better. <laughs> I'm not going to label it. But maybe you'll be sent on a different path that is more appropriate for you and more in alignment for you. But there is something so beautiful about not getting what we want exactly when we want it, because we have to become the men and women who will know what to do with the thing when it gets here, who won't self-sabotage the relationship or the career opportunity. There there is this beautiful time where we can really sharpen our instrument and, and fine tune it so that we we are fully available for that that goal that we desire. So try to to, to lean into trust that 38 special song says hold on loosely when <laughs> we grip so tight. We actually I love yeah. that song and I I heard it in the car last night and I just I feel God and the angels <laughs> winking at me cuz I talk about mm-hmm. it a lot in my presentations about confidence and yeah, just don't grip so tight. You're repelling it. When when you can just take your inspired action steps and then take your hand off the wheel and surrender, it it, it will come to you faster and and it'll it'll mean more to you. So I know it, I know it's a it's not, it's not easy. It is simple, but not easy. But it's a practice like anything else. And in practice, I'll just, I'll quickly say there's this misconception that. Once we we reach a certain age or level we think well we shouldn't have to practice so hard anymore we're we're experienced or confident enough already and i say You know, Tom Brady trains harder Mm -hmm. than anyone, Mm -hmm. not because he's the worst, but because he's the best. (laughs) And I think I feel a special connection and and kind of a ha ha with Tom Brady because we're the same age. We are both Big Ten athletes at the same time. I swam at Penn State. He of course played football at Michigan and he's still winning Super Bowls. And my knees hurt when I go to Pilates. So (laughs) I bow down to you, Tom Brady. (laughs) But it's because he's he's practicing harder than anyone. And I think we forget that that this is a practice.
0: Yeah, I I'm a fan of Tom Brady too. I I rooted for him during the Super Bowl, his mini Super Bowls. I think he's somebody who really does epitomize our, our audience. He he's not just old, he he is better. Kate Ekman, your enthusiasm, your joy, your resilience is all uh, just so inspiring. Again, the book is The Full Spirit Workout, a 10-step system to shed your self-doubt, strengthen your spiritual core, and create a fun and fulfilling life. Kate Ekman's the author. She's been our guest today. Kate Ekman, thanks for joining us today and for taking the time to work out with me. There was no sweating here on my <laughs> side whatsoever. You made it easy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, I don't like to sweat, so I hate <laughs> these workouts where we're not sweating. So thank you so much for having me, and thanks to everyone for listening. I I hope that you'll check out the book and really start to condition your spirit and get fit on the inside.
0: Thank you so much. Kate. My thanks to author Kate Ekman and all her research, knowledge and expertise on aging and remaining mentally fit. Hopefully today's show has given you the information you need to approach aging and doing so mentally fit with confidence. There's a lot you can do, and advances in science have uncovered the important role that good mental health can do in, and why, and how we age. Stay tuned for more on this subject. You can find out more on our website, notold-better.com. Thanks for joining me this morning, and until next time, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show on KSCW.